Hi everyone and welcome to episode 42 of the Two Spotting Muppets. As always, you're here with Greg and my co-host Gray as we take a fairly light-hearted look at the week in sport. How are you this week, my friend? A good GT. Yourself? You're, you're sounding a little bit raspy, but otherwise okay. Yeah, not too bad. A little bit croaky. I'm, I'm just feel like I'm getting a cold, but we'll hopefully I'll hang in there. But yeah, no, no, pretty good. Just a little bit croaky tonight. So I don't know if that improves the voice or makes it worse. Could make it worse, so hopefully we it might improve see. it. I see. It might make it nice and husky and deep throatish for you, mate. No, I'm, but I'm well. Thanks for asking, Greg. Look, it's my last week until I get a couple of weeks holidays. As always, looking forward to that. So yeah, just just sort of leading into that. Great time, as we mentioned last week, with the second Ashes Test starting tonight. Plenty going on in the football worlds and other sports around the place. So never a bad time to be a sports fan. So if you're ready... 24-7, 365 days now, isn't it, sport? It's brilliant. It, it is. So if without further ado, if you're keen, we'll get stuck into it. Let's go. And we'll start... We'll start with the NR, NRL. So, look, plenty have been happening on the news front, but we'll just go through the results from last week and have a look at next week first. Oh, actually, so, we'll, yeah, we'll do the results. So, last week, round 17, we had three teams had the bye, but the results were Warriors, 48 over, over your Dragons, 18. Panthers, 20. The Knights, 12. Broncos were rolled by the Titans, 18-12. Just the Raiders, a way victory for them, 20 over the Roosters, 18. We had the Eels, 48, uh, flogging the Dolphins, 20. Storm, 24 over the Eagles, 6. And the Cowboys. Now, a game I actually went to. I didn't tell you about that. And over the Rabbitohs, 6. So a couple of up- upsets there, you could say. And, a, you know, pretty not, not a bad sort of leading, you know, post-origin sort of round. So the majority of teams turned out. Lots of players backed up. Yeah, I think I caught three of the matches in full. I Only on TV, didn't get to any of them, of course. But I think I caught three in full and then obviously followed the results of the rest of them. Wasn't a bad round overall. No, I agree. I thought it was some good to see. Uh, there were some teams that went better than expected. Newcastle, for example. Yeah. And, and the one I was going to mention was, and I mentioned it last week, I think they're starting to come good as the Cowboys. Certainly are. What happened was... They're finding their feet. They are. What happened was um, Liam, my my son, he's learning to drive, going through that wonderful process that any listener that's there has been there understands. But anyway, we needed to go for a drive Sunday anyway. And look, he is improving and he can handle a bit, a bit of traffic driving. So I said, why don't we go for a drive? And if we happen to end up at Homebush around four o'clock on Sunday, I do believe the Cowboys are playing the Rabbitohs. We might go have a look. So that's what we did. And good. he's eternally grateful we did because his Cowboys put on a bit of a clinic for the poor old Rabbitohs. I caught that match and they played well. They did. And that's not always easy away from home. But yeah, the Rabbitohs, the the last few weeks, is, you know, they were, the, they were heavy favourites a month ago. And deservedly, they were standout for a few weeks there. They were consistently by far the best. It just shows, doesn't it? You can't stay up all the time. No. No, I think there are, you know, ebbs and flows and injuries and all the rest of it goes with a with professional sport of all, all kinds. And, you know, all those tops and Broncos are suffering a bit. They were unbackable not that long ago either, and they've come back to the pack a little bit the last few weeks. So I think it happens to all teams. But, yeah, the Bunnies aren't, haven't been great the last few weeks. And conversely to that, I think the, the, the Cowboys have 
starting to come really good and showing a bit of form they showed last year. You know, I was about to say the same thing. They are they are starting to get that confidence and that cohesion, you know, and some of their forwards are coming back, the young forwards back from injury. They're starting to to look quite a quite a force. They really are. What we alluded to yeah. What we alluded to though, it's you know, it's a long season. You, there will be ebbs and troughs. You just gotta ride the waves and, you know, basically teams make the eight and it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, you know, the way it's structured, if you can get out of that eight, then the competition really does start again. It is stacked towards the top four, but if you make that eight... Which it should be. Absolutely. There's got to be some sort of benefit for, for consistency throughout the season. I agree with that. But if you make that eight, there is opportunities there for that competition to start again, if you like. So just giving yourself that opportunity and putting yourself in that position to at least have a chance. Yeah, certainly. And as I say, you can't, you can't win it if you're not there. No. Your Dolphins, Greg. Your second team, the Dolphins. Well, both talk about both my teams because they're both bloody awful on the weekend. So we'll go. We'll start with my second team. They've hit a wall. I, I'm not going to drop off the Dolphins yet. I think they're a bit of a success story for expansion in a really tough competition. But they've certainly hit a bit of a wall the last what three rounds, four rounds. So it'll be interesting to see how they, if they have any chance to back, bounce back the right at the back heart end of the season. I don't think they'll make the eight yet. Uh, now, sorry, I think they, I thought they would for a little while there, like sneak into eighth, but I think they're probably more likely to come 11th or 10th or 11th now around that sort of real middle of the pack stuff. If yeah, I need a reversal of form, but it, it might happen. It could happen. What we sort of expected, you know, that lack of depth and long season. But I personally think, regardless of, even if they hardly win a game, for the rest of the year, I still think it's been a, six, a successful season. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was saying. I think they've been a very, a real positive message about the expansion and setting up a new club and franchise and team. They're, they're a club with a lot of history, but not in the NRL. So I think to move from that that really well known Queensland state competition through up to the NRL level, they've done it really well in a real professional manner. Yeah. So anything I think is a bonus from here on in for them. Now your boys, your dragons. What have you got to say, mate? Mate, this, what do you say? Did you watch it? I know I texted you during it. They were awful. They were just awful. The Warriors played really too. Look, credit where credit's due. The Warriors were outstanding. They played really, really well. They were great. And they are a different club. When we've, we've talked about the Warriors a few times this year. They're not the Warriors of old. They're, they're a different mindset completely. And it was really good. Good to watch. They were, they were, it was actually the best part of that was watching the Warriors play. But the Dragons would. Yeah, that, they're the real deal, aren't they? Yeah, look, the Dragons were just awful. And I know we'll get to it at the other end, but all the talk about Ben Hunt and even the commentary team, most of the conversation was that was that going to be Ben's, Ben Hunt's last game for the uh, for the Dragons? Yeah, rather than just getting on with the game. He didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have a great game. None of them had a great game. They were very ordinary defence. They were just awful. They really were. It was really difficult to watch. Yeah. Look, he played as well, Ben Hunt, as you can playing such a contact and hard game as league when you don't want to be there. Well, he was backing up from Origin only a couple of days before, and he clearly doesn't want to be there for whatever reason, whether he's change of heart, whatever it is, he doesn't want to be there. No, which makes it, which makes it hard. You know, it's, and let's face it, long term, it never works, does it? No. Clubs trying to keep blokes who don't want to be there. No, no. I, their season's only going from bad to worse. And look, whether they come last or second last, it's going to be one of those two positions. I can't see them getting any higher than that. No, they don't. They will struggle. What about, well, Broncos, as I said, they've got a little little bit of the wobbly boot on, but the Titans, Titans did play well. 
Yeah, that was the other. That was the third game I watched. I actually watched the Titans for whatever reason. I was free on that afternoon, Saturday, the early game. Titans were good. They were fun to watch. It was close in the end, but it was fun to watch. They were fun to watch. Yeah, they're a good team. They got some good, you know, great, great forwards, good attacking players. And again, yeah, why they sacked the coach and they're not that bad. So it was kind of interesting the whole way that I guess Despy became available and got the runs on the board. I guess you, for a club like Gold Coast to get a, a coach like Des. Is a bit of coup, I guess. But yeah, they were fun to watch. I enjoyed watching the... I'm not anti-Brisbane as such, but I thought Gold Coast were fun to watch. It was a good game. They played well. Good result. Look, the Roosters, once again, decimated by injury, but the Raiders just got the job done. So the Roosters, I think they're down to 11th now. Not not a million miles away from the eight, but yeah, they're certainly losing. They've lost more games than they've won this year, which is really unusual for them. And they're not looking good. The, the games of theirs I've watched in recent times, they haven't looked great. No, they're lacking something, aren't they? Yes. I don't know whether it's a key play. I'm not sure. But they're, they're, not that I love the Roosters, so I don't mind them losing <laughs> on a personal level, but they're missing something. Yeah, they're not quite like they have been of recent years. Look, they, they were playing not great before they dropped Sam Walker, but since they dropped him and he's subsequently been injured, they haven't got any better, have they? No, that that didn't dropping Sam Walker didn't make the change. That hasn't had it, that hasn't had any impact, like positive impact on the way they're playing. So, no, there needs to be something different over there, at the eastern suburbs, because what they're doing right now it certainly is not working for them. No, they've got to get their act together and quickly. So, just quickly, Greg, the ladder. Look, it's a bit hard this time of year because of the buys. Do you know how they, you know, that calculate the they always inflate certain teams on the table yeah see if you take the gold coast and they'll come up they've they're the only club that's had all their buys already they don't get another buy this year yeah makes it tricky you've got to take the buys out for it to to mean that much but as it stands so the top we've got three teams on 24 points at the top panthers broncos storm we've got the sharks on 22 warriors raiders 22 they're fifth and sixth Eels, Rabbitohs, 7th and 8th, and the Titans on 20. And then we've got Cowboys on 10th, Dolphins 11th, and Roosters 12th. They're all on 18 points. The Roosters have the worst differential of those three teams. Then we've got the Sea Eagles, 17 points. And then we've got those just making up the numbers. The Knights 14th, Bulldogs 15th, Tigers 16th, Dragons 17th. That said, the Dragons have one more games than the Tigers. It's only the buys that are distorting it to keep the Tigers off the, off the last spot. So that's, that's how it stands. Now, following the round, Greg, fair bit of news. We'll go back to the next round. We chat about what's been happening in the rugby league world. Oh, probably. We'll go look at signings movement first. So finally, Luke Brooks. Yeah, I saw that. Sorted. Yeah, I read that. He's okay. heading to the Northern the, Beaches. Yep, mainly for what, three years, four years, three years, I think it was. Uh, four years, I think. Might be four. Okay, four years. Four years. And you often forget with Brooksy, he's only 28. Yeah, he, he, you forget. He's been around for such a long time in first grade, you forget he's still very young. He, look, I hope, and we've said this many times, I hope it's a, I think it's a great move for him and the, the Tigers and hopefully Manly. Yeah, fresh start for him. He's certainly, you know, he's really capable first grader. Never hit representative or anything like that, but one of the better halfbacks and, whether he's been anchored down to the Tigers or has, he hasn't got the ability to drive them, I'm not sure. But I think a change of scenery can't hurt. I think it'll be really good. Hopefully it'll be good for his career. 
Yeah. And also, Greg, but he's not going at a club where he has to run the show. That's right. He's got, he'll play 5'8". He's Cherry Evans will run the show. You know, he's the organizing 5'8". Brooks will be 5'8". He can run, you know, choose his time to run or pass whatever he wants to do. What it does mean, though, and all the Josh Schuster talk, they've re-signed Schuster as well. So he'll move to the back row. Yeah, he wanted to be a 5'8", but it'll, unless Brooks is injured, he'll be playing back row. And I'm stoked because it means that he's not going to the Tigers, which I was dreading. I, look, I think Cherry Evans and Brooks could be a really great combo. Halves combo. That could be a really great match, yeah. I think they could be too. I think the next couple of years, look, Cherry Evans is getting a bit long in the tooth. He's 33, 34. But he's, he'll still, look, he's fit enough. He'll be around, I reckon, for two or three more years at least. Well, look how he managed Origin the other night. He controlled that Queensland. He controlled the whole game. He was brilliant. Yeah, no, he's, you know, and he's one of those players. What he lacks in pace, he's quick between the ears. Yeah, he, he just knows how it all works and how how to run a team. Yeah, so I think it would potentially be a great move for Luke, Luke Brooks, not in exchange, but Lotto Fanu, who is a really, really up and coming half for Manly. He's got links. I think family, not of siblings who are at the lower grades Tigers, but there's rumours of him going to the Tigers. Well, you're going to need half, aren't you? You're going to need someone in the halves. Certainly. And that, yeah, Luke Brooks, you know, for all the bagging of him, it does leave a bit of a hole because Dewey, Dewey had the ACL. He's not going to be back for a while. No, that's right. Um, Brandon Wakeham has put his hand up and said, fair enough. He's the current. You know, he wants a crack. If he's the best halfback the Tigers have, Going forward, that that is a major concern, in my opinion. But who knows recruitment and that? That you know, the season's got a while to go yet, and I guess the cards will fall into place over the next few months. Yeah, they'll, they'll find their way. They'll make it work somehow. But yeah, you're right. It does. It does. For all the talk, it does leave. A, when when it all said and done, now the reality, it does leave a bit of a big hole for the Tigers. However, it had to be done. You can't you can't keep doing the same thing, as I say, the insanity definition. So, yeah, no, fresh break for all involved and everyone can move on. Hopefully, it, you know, time only time will tell how it ends up for anyone. Also, we had a couple of things here were farcical. The sender of the Luke, the Reese Walsh suspension for contrary conduct. Three, three weeks, three. After, alleg- yeah, yeah, allegedly swearing, you know, an FNSC at the referee. And that being the case, I don't know what they're like. Try, it just to me, it seemed like a schoolyard. He said, she said. It was just childish, I thought, the way it, it panned out at, at the judiciary. Well, it was really weird. You, I watched that game, and I can't remember the incident, but you could he- clearly hear him say those words over the microphone. But what you couldn't, there was no vision of where he, whether he said it directly to the referee or whether he just said it walking away. But he definitely said it. It was said, and five hours it took, would you believe it? Because apparently what happened, he got footage early and said, well, no, this shows that I'm looking at Carrigan, the player, but they disagreed. But then they got, the Broncos got for David Fafida from the opposition and Carrigan, and Fafida fluffed his lines and said, when he said that to the referee, oh, I mean, when he, blah, 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 you know, sorry, I get it. So anyway. After five hours of said and done, the oh, that's right. And what happened? They have the tri- the judiciary chairman, right? But they have it. It was only a two person panel. One was was uh, ex referee Sean Hempstead, 
So I don't know what the credentials are. Been a been a shit referee, obviously, to get a seat on that judiciary. And Tony Pulitua was, you know, ex-player. And not surprisingly, those suggestions are they don't reveal who voted, but one of them voted in favour of Walsh, the other one voted in favour of the referee. And so the chairman had to had to use his casting vote, and he said, "Yeah, young man, Reese Walsh, you were full of shit," and that was that. So, you know, if you're going to use that sort of link, and and regardless, I can't that can't be tolerated, can it? No, 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 not whether they like it or not. And this is the thing that goes with the big money, and they get paid pretty good money these days. You become a role model. It, it goes with the territory. You probably don't mean to sign up for that, but that's the reality of the position you take on. And the bigger the money and the higher profile you are, the bigger role model you become. And Reese Walsh, and I, rave, I think he's brilliant. I've raved about him. But I was reading today, and you probably read a couple of articles around concerns around attitude with him and culture now, which has come to light after this incident. So whether that's been there for a while and just hasn't come out, I don't know, but it's it's a package now. You know, those high-profile footballers or any sport, I guess, you're in that limelight all the time and you've got to take that responsibility. Whether you like it or not, you're getting paid the big bucks, the responsibility goes with it. Perks, you know, but it's great to take the perks, but there's also the other little trappings as well. You're not playing, you know, Bush Rugby League on the park on the Sunday afternoon with 100 people watching. No, you're playing with thousands watching and on TV and kids. As we know, whatever happens in NRL, what do you see out on the field? Is they copy it in the in the playground, in the on the footy field. The next week, the same same tackle, same behaviour, same tactic will be tried by the kids the following day. That's how quick it is, and that's how crucial it is. And you cannot have referees. I look, I understand them arguing if they thought it wasn't levelled at the referee, but obviously they thought it was, and if it remotely even looks like. Half a chance it was, I think. Well, that's it. You can't. It can't be tolerated. I'm with you. I think it should. Yep. No zero tolerance for that stuff. So, so that means uh, Reese Walsh is out of Origin. Next two club games for the Broncos, and he's out of Origin. So he'll have a bit of time to reflect. Now, off the field, but today Dylan Brown he pleaded guilty. Yes, I read that to those charges of well, basically groping a young lady. Look, not. Obviously, it's behaviour that is unacceptable, and I'm, he does regret it. Obviously, and he has made an apology. But I do feel, I do think it's good that he manned up and pleaded guilty. Yes, and sort of trying to lie his way out of it. Or no, you know, the assault. Basically, he said, "Yep, I had way too much to drink. That doesn't excuse it. I was a complete out of line." Blah blah blah. You know, he said. Apparently, he said to the lady, "You know, I could have put. You know, I feel even you know." I, I don't even have the right to apologise because I behaved so poorly. So, you know, not not good, but he's been given community service and apparently Parramatta will work closely with him to, you know, get him on the right track and, you know, get his football back on track. So, you know, to, to the poor lady. Absolutely. I was just about to say, appalling behaviour, not acceptable on any level, disgusting behaviour. But if he's owned it and trying to, yeah, you can't make amends for it because that poor lady's got to live with it now whatever you know but if he's owning it and i don't know even the right words but heading in the right direction to rehabilitate himself i guess is what i'm trying to say to ensure it never happens again then that that not the positive comes of it but at least you're heading in the right direction and it sort of allows you know, all parties to, to hopefully move on now i know if you heard this one greg this just to give me a bit of a chuckle 
So I read today somewhere that they could save Brad Fittler's origin job by appointing a mentor. <laughs> I, listeners, I'm sorry, you can't see eye rolls, but there's been a big eye roll from Greg here. No, I didn't read that, but I can't help but laugh at it. Which will be, which will be an even big, bigger eye roll when I reveal the name. Oh, I can guess. Oh, you don't, don't, don't. Let me guess. Give me. I won't need. I only feel guilt. Lower. Lower. Go further south. Oh, I don't know. You've struck me now because I just assumed straight up. Brian Smith. Oh, <laughs> there's the eye roll. Oh. There's the eye roll, folks. Or well, almost an eye roll. I would have so never, not, I would have never guessed he was even on the radar, much less pick him. No. No, because feel good that you know, for us we don't we don't like the man much and all that, but he's he's been there, done it as an origin coach. Brian Smith, not a failed coach, seven hundred games, never coached origin though, never coached the premiership. So but why does that excuse Hitler? Oh, we'll we'll give you some help, mate. So what so you can blame someone else when it goes pear shaped again? Anyway, I I don't want to spend too much time on that. I thought that was a, well, a nice little bit of comedy. Surely it's clickbait headline. There's nothing to it. And 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 if you're and if you're being selected as an origin coach only, that's all you're coaching, and you need a mentor to do that, you're not up to the task. Obviously, obviously, In my you opinion, need a mentor. And I have nothing against Brad Fittler as a person. He was a bit of a dickhead when he was younger and his early coaching days, but has reformed himself. And I think he's quite a good bloke. Comes across quite well. Legit, passionate. But if he needs a mentor at the level he's supposed to be coaching, he ain't the right person to be coaching at that level. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. And just the last little bit of footy. And once again, this is all probably clickbait and you never know if these ones are true. And they come up all the time. But it's been reported that the Newtown Rugby Leagues Club or the Newtown have aligned themselves with the bid for Perth. I read that. I, I saw that the Jets were going to align with Perth and try and get the 18th or bid for the 18th li- and 18th license. There's not the because personally it hasn't, been, hasn't been announced yet that they up. want. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Bit of uh, a club in the West makes sense, and then you add the history of the Jets, and hopefully the the new club would have the history and the, the statistics and stuff of the Jets, so it continues a bit of that that old culture and the old Jets faithful jump on board. And you got that new audience over in the West. So I think it's good. I agree with you, mate. I think it's a good, good idea. Yeah. And it's so important, that no matter who comes in, tr- coming to Sydney, if they're a Perth or a wherever, with nothing in Sydney, such a hard sell. But if they come as their own team, but they've got, be it the Bears, the Jets, it gives you that base in Sydney. Not a big one, but a base where you'll get people at games and, you know, you won't be playing to really poor crowds and, it's just a no-brainer, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Fingers crossed it, you know, it might come to fruition. Well, Greg, that, I think that's it for Aaron. Oh, sorry, tips. Now, just while we're looking at our, I was having a quick look at last week's. We both tipped the Dragons. Right? That's embarrassing. Delusional. I didn't pick the Dolphins. You picked Dolphins. So, yeah, we're about half and half last week. All right. So this week's games. Now, I'm loving this week because it is a normal round, just only one bye, I believe. Excellent. So proper round of footy. We have one, two, three, four, yep, eight games. So we have Sharks-Dragons, and that's a Sharkies home game. It's got to be the Sharks. Dragons are awful. I don't see them getting any better in a week. Sharks. Sharks easily. Storm-Panthers. Oh, salivating. 
We're at Storm. Uh, that's in Melbourne. Yeah, Storm. Good match. Really good match, but Storm. You go to Storm. I'll, not for any particular reason. I'll go to Panthers to see if they can you know, keep their premiership credentials up. Cowboys, Tigers up in Townsville. Oh, you, sorry, mate. I've got to go to the Cowboys. I'll go to the Tigers. They have loyalty. Bulldogs, Knights. Ooh, dogs. Doggies. Yeah, that's a doggies home game. Now, this is another good game. Over in New Zealand, Warriors, Rabbitohs. I think Warriors, the way they played last week and the way Rabbit has been playing, I think I'll go to the Warriors at home. Look, on form, you'd have to go to Warriors easily, which therefore suggests that the Rabbitohs will probably win. Yeah, good point. So there's no reason why they should at the moment. Raiders, Titans. That's in Canberra. I'm going to go the Raiders. I think we have to, mate. Raiders, I didn't realise. Raiders have won eight of the last ten. Yeah, they're going all right, aren't they? They're sort of under the radar a bit for us. We don't talk about it much, but the eight or ten wins, that's pretty good. That is good. Like second local derby instalment, Broncos-Dolphins. Both coming off losses. Dolphins got them in the first round or second round whenever they played. Is that at Suncorp? Or, yeah? Uh, Suncorp, yeah. My heart says says I want the Dolphins to come back, but they're just looking pretty ordinary. So my head says the Broncos. I'll go Dolphins, just be different to you, Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Be interesting to see how close Dolphins do lose, how how close they can get. I'm loving the next game because whoever loses, I'll still I'll be happy. And that's the uh, Manly Roosters. Oh, who cares? As long as one of them loses. Yeah. And it's, it, it's that it'd ship me so, if it goes it ship me if it's a draw somehow. That'd annoy me. That would annoy me as well. Or somehow they awarded something bizarre happened and they both got two points out of it. I would hope that's not the case. Look, in terms of who will win. Because it's at Brookvale, I'll probably go to go Manly. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Manly, only that reason, but with no confidence. And Roosters are pretty ordinary lately. Yeah, I'll go Manly, but I don't care. Yeah, without confidence. All right. So, well, anyway, good luck to to all our NRL followers this weekend. Greg, we're going to give the ladies first reign. Guys, cricket. The, Ash, the first Ashes, well, there's only one test match in the women's Ashes, the way the format is. They play a series of one test, and I think it's three one-dayers and three 2020s. I think that's right. I think it's three, like three, of the two, three of each of the two shorter form of the game and one test match. So in the test match, Australia, look, a really hard fought and sort of ebb, ebbed and flowed this test match. Could have Like the men's, it could have gone either way. Both, both teams played well. Both teams had chances to win it. But at certain times, yeah, each team really had the upper hand. So Australia ended, ended up winning by 89. So how it panned out, we won the toss. Australia won the toss and batted first, made 473. Annabelle Sutherland, 137 not out, batting about number eight or nine. That's a that's a tidy innings. Elise Perry, 99, unluckily dismissed on 99. Eccleston for the England, five for 129, and Bell got two for 91. Now, very similar to the men's test, they ended up only about 10 runs difference after the first innings. England made 463, uh, Tasman Beaumont, 208, if you don't mind, and Skiver Brunt, 78, Al Bowlers, Ash Gardner, 4 for 99, Talia McGrath, 3 for 24. So then the second innings, we were a bit wonky at one stage, but a little bit of a recovery, but we made 257, Mooney, 85, Healy, Alicia Healy, 50. Now, Alicia Healy was facing, I think, a fourth duck in a row. And only narrowly escaped it, I think, I heard. 
but went on, soldered on it, and got a well-made half-century, which is good for her. Now, bowling, Eccleston, who had a handy test match, 5 for 63, Filler, 2 for 49. So it meant the English girls, they were chasing about 300, a bit less than 300 to win. And so, but they were bowled out for 178. Wyatt, 54, Lamb, 24, Ash Gardner, 8 for 66. A great session of spin bowling. McGrath, one for 28. And at one stage, England were actually cruising, you know, doing it quite comfortably until Ash Gardner stepped in, particularly on that last day and, and tidy things up. Yeah. So as I said at the start, so really hard-fought test match, which Australia won by 89 runs. Yeah, it was good. It was really, I only caught a bit at the end, last little bit on TV, but was following it. It was a very close match. And as you said, ebbed and flowed. And at different days, at different sessions, Either team was on top. Both teams had chances to really get ahead in that test match and the other team just at the right time pulled it back. So, yeah, really competitive cricket between the England and Australian women's teams. Yeah, and, and just like we want cricket to be, isn't it? Competitive, that's why it's called test cricket because it really tests everyone's ability mm. and, and nerve. Yeah, so well done to the Australian girls. So, yeah, that we head on to the short-form games now. So we, they only have to win, I think, two of those to, to take, retain the Ashes. Which is looking looking good looking good for for the girls. Uh, on to the men's, Greg. Bit of a preview, although it has started, but it is the second Ashes Test, just starting in London at Lords Lords, the second Test, where Australia playing England. Now England won the toss and have sent Australia in for the second consecutive Test match, and currently Australia are eighteen for no loss after eight overs. Now. You probably heard, Greg. Interestingly, England have gone in without a spinner. I did hear that, that they have no specialist spinner in this test match. Really interesting. What do you think about that? I think it's all always a bit risky, isn't it? I think, personally. It's a, it's a real challenge. It's, it's risky, but they clearly don't have the depths of spin bowlers at the moment to pick from, given the fact they brought back Mo and Ali, who's not playing through injury, but that's where they had to go to to get someone they felt was test-ready. And on this one, they didn't feel there was anyone behind that ready to go. No, and it shows where they're at, doesn't it? Because Joe Root's just as good a bowler as anyone else they have, a, a spin bowler. So if they any spinning to be done, now he'll he'll have a, he'll have a trundle. So that's what they're thinking there. And Australia, look, not surprisingly, Stark has come in for Boland. I'm a bit disappointed by that, but I understand why it happened, why that selection was made. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think Boland would bowl really well at Lords myself, but I guess him and Hazelwood. Yeah, yeah, I under, I'm with you. I understand, but but disappointed. I think Boland would have bowled really well. Look, that said, Stark could take a fiver because he's so unpredictable, but he could go for two hundred as well. Who knows? And I guess that's one of the things with Stark: that unknown. When he's on, he's amazing. He's fast. He's fiery. He's tall. He's left-handed. He's a lot of things going for him, but he can be really expensive and when he's not quite in rhythm. Yeah, but risk and reward. But I, it's definitely one worth taking. I think. So England, although they're playing it quite cool and confident, they're under a bit of pressure because if they lose this one, it is a well, I don't know if anyone's come back from that two nil. So they are they're really under the pump if they don't win this one. The, the thing is, if they lose if they lose this one, they have to win the next three to um, win the Ashes because we already hold the Ashes. So if it ends in a a drawn like a two two series, then we would hold the Ashes. We retain the Ashes, that's right. So, so that, you know, if, they if they lose this test match, they have to win the next three. Well, every test match is important, but this one extra, you know, more so. 
really crunch test match for, for England. You know, whereas if we drop it, we don't, obviously it's not what we want and you know, it makes it hard going forward, but we're a hell of a lot better position than England. Much better are. position than England, yeah. So look, hopefully, look, bit of a little bit of rain predicted today. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be the dodgiest day. But the weekend, it's going, finding up. And I think Monday, what is it? Saturday, Sunday, both meant to be fine days in London town. So hopefully, you know, not too much rain lost of a test and you know, we'll get a good contest, just like the first one was. Hopefully. Now, just going slight, still on cricket, Greg, but slightly a sidestep. Did you see Eva of the productions on Channel 9 during the week? No, and that was – no, you're going to talk about Warney and the other ridiculous bullshit they served up with Chapel and Botham. And no, and it was quite intentional, no, that I did not watch it either. I could not be bothered, lowering myself to that level. Right. Well, good decision. However, I feel I needed to watch it to be able to – you know what I mean? How can you criticise something you haven't watched? Fair point. Of the two – Put it this way. The Warney one was very poor, but it was Academy Award winner compared to the Chapel Bofan one. Chapel Bofan one, look, seriously, it was like a series on two kids fighting over a lolly and who can't get over it. Like two grown men still bitching and whinging about something that happened 50 years ago. Just two, yeah, two huge egos, neither of who will take a backward step and will admit they're wrong. And But it was so petty, they're arguing over witnesses who said and heard it was just pathetic the only reason they did it obviously is channel nine offered them money to do it of course and you know i just think it's it says something about your character if you can't let something go after 50 years and you know but although i think the little bits i saw boven plays it a bit better because what if they showed some footage when they put them in the commentary box together in england i think it might have been 2010 11 maybe or a bit before that, and Chapelli hated it, and Bovem just loved it because he knew how much he hated Bovem being there. <laughs> so, you know that oh, both 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 is more of a personality and character than Chapel ever was, and every like Chapel's just a piece of cardboard. Yeah, well, I was about to say personality. Well, you need to have one, I guess, to have it exactly question. right. So that's why that's why Chapelli's never gets his never gets his question. Yeah, it's just and just. And basically, let's face it, you know, I think everyone knows who who the winner is because when it came to all the talk and Boven just, you know, many times Boven offered outside and Chapel didn't want a part of it because he knew because he knew what the result would be. And I'd say it'd be a very quick so, result. It'd be all one way and be very quick. <laughs> yeah, it'd be very quick. Anyway, no. Yeah, and the Warney series, yeah, no, it was it was very it was very ordinary, as expected. It hard, look, hard thing to do, I think, to do it well. To me, it, it was just like they're just rushing through everything that happened in his life, and you know, there's no depth to any of it. Um, yeah, it was just one of those fairly quickly made, you know, bio type things without much substance to it. Yeah, it it, it was as crappy as everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching the pre- promos from my daughter, who, as you know, has no interest in sport whatsoever. Said, "Will you be watching that, Dad?" And I said. Dallin, even as an absolute sports lover and cricket muppet, I have no interest in watching that at all. So, no, it didn't. For that very reason, I wasn't interested in giving up. The two evenings I'd never get back. No, and you won't. Fortunately, I wasn't doing much anyway. Fair and enough. I certainly didn't watch. I didn't watch all of the warm one. I did only watched about half the first night and probably two thirds the second night. And 
I didn't watch the last 10 minutes of the Boven and Chapel where they put them in the same room. And they, I watched the first minute of that and they started pitching like five-year-olds. So I thought that is enough of that. Now, Greg, we'll leave cricket. Um, AFL, just have a little bit of a recap of how the AFL is going. Now, just before I do... Oh, you have to talk about your, you have to talk about your Swans West Coast result. Oh. What is... What and I result. don't know anything about AFL. And I know you're not... not you know, you follow it fairly closely. What's going on with the West Coast? Oh, they are a basket case. Just, I really don't know, Greg. There's such a... Was it 200 and 205, 203 to 30 something? Like, it was one of the most outrageous AFL scores I've ever seen. No, it, it, absolute shellacking. 31 goals, 19 behinds, 50 scoring shots. So nine scoring shots they had. Unbelievable. Yeah, so absolute bloodbath at the G. And Buddy Franklin wasn't even playing. So, yeah, 205 to 34. Look at other games. Geelong back in form, 78 over the Melbourne. Highly fancy Melbourne, 63. Brisbane Lions, too good for St Kilda, 84 to 56. We mentioned the bloodbath at the G, 205 to 34. Frio keep playing. You know, they bounce back after being beaten by the Giants, 93 to 61 over Essendon. A really close game. Collingwood, 82 over the... The Crows, 80. A lot of conjecture. Apparently, that was a dodgy decision late. Fairly common for those games, though. At the end of the day, though, Collingwood just you know got in front when they needed to, annoyingly, but that's what they did. The Suns flogged Hawthorne, who are probably the other basket case in the AFL. But remember, Hawthorne are a basket case, and they beat the West Coast by 100. That shows you where the West Coast are at. And all the other teams had a bye. Carlton, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, Giants, and Richmond all on the bye. So, yeah, West. what's going on West Coast, I don't know. Probably the two other things, and not not pleasant things. Unfortunately, today it was announced that uh, Matt, Matty Rendell, or Matt Rendell, former Fitzroy, he was Fitzroy Ruckman, you know, very ahead of his time, Ruckman, who, you know, used to be very creative. And he was involved in coach, he coached after he, after he played, uh, he was involved in a, some clubs with recruitment and assistant coaching, St Kilda being one of them, and also com- a bit of commentary as well. So area of 64. So he had a cardiac arrest a couple of days ago or out walking his dog. So very unfortunate. Um, me being a dyed-in-the-wool Fitzroy fan, Roy Boy from way back, yeah, certainly uh, feel rather sad for, for Maddie and his family. One of the one of the Fitzroy family gone, but yeah, just a, a shock to everyone. And Greg, the other one now, the other one, this other one's a little bit bizarre. Being in the northern states, I still don't have total full story. I still don't quite get it. But Barry Cable, don't know if you've heard that name. He's an AFL legend. He was a gun player over in West Australia um, for quite a few years. Won a couple of Sandover medals, which is like their Brownlow. And eventually, he was lured over to. Victoria, and he played for North Melbourne, won two premierships with them, then went back. So he's AFL, AFL Hall of Famer, AFL legend. Okay, Now, it's come to light, and it's been going through courts in Western Australia, but not criminal court, but civil court, accusations of child abuse, and which the, which the judge has basically um, decided in favour of the, of the um, accusers 
So the judge has basically said, yeah, this bloke you know, has done those crimes. So he's been removed from the AFL Hall of Fame and legend status immediately. But yeah, but no criminal charges. I'm just not sure what, what's going on. Bit sad if it's true. Again, it's got to think of the victims. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like for those who don't know AFL, you know, it's just another name. But, you know, he was this bloke, Barry Cable. He's, as a footballer, you know, he's up there with one of the most, you know, revered and, and well known footballers and definitely one of the best to, to come out of Western Australia, you know, to play over in Victoria. So, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely a, a bit of a shock that news as well. So, you know, not that pleasant, but, you know, and yeah, I'm not sure the the criminal side of it, but I guess that will come out come out in due course. Um, going on to more positive things, Greg. We'll just move to the Super Netball. The two semifinals were held on the weekend. Now, I did manage to watch a fair bit of the Thunderbirds and the Sydney Swifts. It was a great game because at Sydney, Sydney, Sydney had finished the higher on the ladder. It was for it was for you know the route straight to the grand final. So have a loser does get the fight again. Look, Sydney were in front nearly the whole way, but just couldn't put Thunderbirds away. Just couldn't quite put the killer blow. So it ended up, I think it might have been 56 each at the end of full time, of normal time. So they had to go into, into extra time. And the Thunderbirds got the got the chockies there by two goals, 64 to 62. So a little bit of an upset. You know, Swift's at home. but So the Thunderbirds are now waiting for a week that they're straight into the grand final. So Sydney, now they get to play in the prelim. So in the other semifinal, the elimination semifinal, the West Coast, replay of last year's grand final, West Coast Fever 64 beat the Melbourne Vixens 57. So unfortunately, the Vixens, are, their season's over and the West Coast play Sydney this weekend for a place in the final, grand final against the Thunderbirds. Yeah, look, and the quality of, of netball, Greg, one thing I have noticed is the sportsmanship. Like the, They play really, really hard, but the sportsmanship is always there. But look, I know it's televised and basketball is similar, but when they go in on the huddle at quarter time, just the, uh, shall we say, the, the difference in vocabulary between netball coach's address and a football coach's address. Yes. <laughs> uh Let's just say, yeah, vastly different. Noticeable. Noticeable choice of words, I'd say. Noticeable different choice of words. They're picking up a different thesaurus. Definitely are. But look, equally as competitive games though. And yeah, look, it was really, really good contest, the, the Swifts, Thunderbergs game. So well done to, to all involved. And yeah, well, us being Sydney siders, good luck to the Swifts. Swifts, for sure. In the prelim final on the weekend. Excellent. So, Greg, as we said, we're going to do a slightly shorter one. Was there any other thing in the sporting world that's cropped up or you wanted to mention? The only other one that's happening this week is the basketball. There's been a little bit of basketball. The Women's Asia Cup, FIBA Women's Asia Cup, I think that's Asia Women's Cup, anyway, is being held hosted in Sydney this week at uh, Homebush at the Old State Sports Centre, the smaller venue. Smaller one, yep. Yeah, it started on Monday. Australia have they're playing right now. Actually, I'll just give a score update in a sec. So they they beat uh, they beat the Philippines very comfortably on Monday night. They beat Chinese Taipei last night very comfortably, and they're playing Japan as we speak. And it's they're actually losing 
51.70 to Japan, and it's the beginning of the fourth quarter. So I'll keep my eye on that. It's not their full squad because the WNBA in America is happening and probably our best eight players are over there playing. So there are three players uh, backing up from the World Cup last year that won the bronze medal at the World Cup. There's three three of the girls are in the team again and the, the rest have played for the Opals before, but you know the, probably the top Olympic players and the top World Cup players aren't available for this, for the Asia Cup. It's, it's world quality, but like that next rung down, if you like. But so Japan are very strong because they have pretty much their full team and they're ranked ninth in the world. The other team that's suffering is China. Their best players aren't available either. And although they're ranked two in the world, they're um, probably finished below us. I'd say Australia will finish second or third. I wouldn't be. So I wouldn't. I think Japan will win this game and could win the gold medal. But yeah, that that's over. The last pool games of today, they get tomorrow off and then we head into the semis. And I think the finals on gold medal and bronze medal matches are on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So that's happening right now that's at home. Yeah. yeah, okay. And again, good, good really high quality women's international sport in Sydney again. Fantastic. Uh, and it's hap- happening more and more often. So now, apart from that little up- update, which I'm watching over my shoulder as we as we speak right now, no, I'm I'm up to date. We are up to date. Look, as always, probably one or two things we we have missed. Um, was the Super Rugby last weekend or was it before? But the Crusaders won that. I think we want to mention that. I think we mentioned that last week. You had gave us a bit of an update on that. I didn't realize I eight in a row or something ridiculous. Yeah, and and their coach and their coach is now going off to to coach the All Blacks, so more success heading his way most likely. Most likely, yeah. All right. So, in well, that probably get does us for the week. Probably need to, Greg, because last week was so big, and we've got so much coming up. You know, Wimbledon starts soon, a tour of the France, plus everything else. We've got Test match cricket over you know next few days. We've got Wimbledon starts on Monday, Tour de France starts very soon. And the women's football world cup will be honest before we know it. And just just to keep you happy, Greg, the British Open golf. Yeah, yeah. I knew you're going to bring that up. Three or four weeks. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Had to bring the level. Hey, quality quality tournament for the for the Open Championship. Yeah, but look to all our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck on the weekend, whether you're playing or watching. And hope look, good luck to the Austra- Hopefully, the Australians, the Ashes. You know, we can replicate what the what the ladies did. And if we could go two 0 up. That would that would be, that would set up the series beautifully. It really would be a great way to set up the series. To watch, yeah, to watch how England react to it. But now, as Grace said, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have a great weekend of sport, whether you're playing or watching. And we will catch you again next week. And thanks for tuning in, guys. See you soon.